Welcome to Talking FE from Clegg A. Cymru, our regular podcast examining all things FE, skills and work-based learning in Wales. If you're working in skills, if you're working in FE or work-based learning, this is the podcast that will discuss anything you need to know and any views you have about the current state of affairs in further education and skills in Wales. Hello and welcome to Collega Cymru's podcast. I am your host, Hannah Murray, and today we are joined by Liz. Hi, I'm Liz Hargis from Health Education and Improvement Wales. Uh, I work as an education development manager looking at work-based learning across all levels and links into the FE and school sectors. And Barbara? Hi, I'm Barbara Jackson. I'm the head of health and care from Cardiff and Vale College. I'm Yesin. Hi, I'm Yesin Davis, Chief Executive of Clergate Cymru Colleges Wales, and I'm really pleased to be part of this, this podcast today on this very important subject of health and social care. Great, thank you all for joining us today. I'm just going to ask you all a little bit to explain about yourself. So, Liz, I'm going to come to you first. I've spent all of my working career within the NHS in Wales, uh, first as a diagnostic radiographer, um, and have moved into education remit within the last 10 years, so relatively new to, to this work. Um, but have been involved in the development of the new health and social care qualifications. Um, HIW, Health Education and Improvement Wales, was um, created by the Minister for Health as a strategic health authority to look at the education of the workforce of NHS Wales. We um, commission education from the universities, we also develop and deliver education as well. Mm -hmm. Great, thank you. And Barbara? Um, I was originally a primary school teacher, went into FE 1995, um, worked as a lecturer in the childcare department, and but I've now been the head of health and care for about eight years. So in our department we offer a range of health and social care courses, childcare, teaching assistants, uh, foundation degrees, uh, we just started the British Sign Language qualification. Um, yes, I think that's about it. <laughs> that's really fascinating here mm. because uh, Claire Cymru is really interested, some might say even a little bit concerned about changes taking place in health and social care qualifications uh, as they're delivered in further education colleges and of course in the work-based learning uh, setting as well. So, so Liz, can you tell us a bit about what are the skills challenges in this area facing the NHS and of course uh, private companies will pr provide care as well? So. Um, we, we align our sort of programme of development with the priorities from Welsh Government and um, the, the priorities from Welsh Government are to deliver care closer to home so um, and to have people only in the sort of acute sector for a shorter period as possible. So it is really important that we skill up those people who are delivering care within people's homes or within care homes or within community settings. So the new qualifications are particularly sort of guided towards that um, which does present its challenges because they are quite different from the other qualifications but what we've tried to do right from the sort of GCSE upwards is to embed those principles of and values of health and social care so that uh, that's what learners grasp right from day one of their learning so that if they come in to a career in health or social care then they are they, they have that understanding of what's expected of them because it's it's in, embedded in each of the qualifications and built upon as, as they progress up the levels. And for people who are not working in health and social care or maybe not even working in post-secondary education, why has this review come about and why have these changes been, been, been brought in? Um, there were a number of concerns with the, the other qualifications. Um, 
Barbara could probably help with this answer as well around sort of the assessment, burden of assessment, that um, it was assessed right into the detail of, of rather than the sort of um, slightly higher level holistic assessment. So the new qualifications address that. Um, there, there was something about... Um, there wasn't enough distinction often between level two and level three, so it felt like there was repetition of learning um, between levels two and level three. And there were also issues around the Welsh language and, and the availability of undertaking and being assessed in, in, in Welsh language. So what was the solution to, to those problems? Uh, Qualifications Wales came up with a proposal. Yes. Um, WJC and Sydney Girls together have been developing these, these qualifications. Yes. And what's now on the table? What's on offer to learners and also employers as a result? Well, there's a whole new suite of health and social care and childcare qualifications ranging from um, level two through to level five. Um, they are a mixture of um, full-time um, FE and school qualifications and work-based learning practice qualifications. Um, Social Care Wales are recognising the new qualifications um, as part of their registration of, of workers um, and there are some new qualifications at level four to support um, leadership and management positions within, particularly within social care but also to develop specialists in areas around dementia, learning disabilities, autism, for children around speech and language development, um, working with families and carers. So those, those areas that we know that are going to be really important in the next five to ten years. So Barbara, what, what does, does this all this mean for an FE college, for lecturers, for staff and, uh, and curriculum planners and managers? And what kind of impacts is this going to make on Cardiff and Vale, for instance? It has had a massive impact on my department. Um, we're very pleased about the changes because we can see that it is a very important part of professionalising the health and care sector. Um, and we're finding now that the learners that come to us need to be very focused on um, their career goals, that they really do want to work in the care sector, that they're not doing these qualifications possibly because they don't know what else to do. They really must know that they want to work in the care sector, be very focused on that. Um, there have been many challenges for us, um, partly due to the fact that the qualifications have been rolled out quite late. So for an FE college where we've had the information possibly you know, a couple of months before the start of the new year, there's been a lot of work involved with the staff to get everything ready for delivery in September. But um, we're very pleased that now the, the, the health and social care learners in particular will leave us after doing their level two qualification with a qualification that's recognised in the sector. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, they would do their level two qualification with us and if they wanted to work in the sector, they would then have to repeat the level two qualification. So hopefully these in, new yes. qualifications will... Uh, aid the learner experience as well as keeping people like Liz happy that they are really there and delivering what the employer wants whether that's yeah. in the NHS yeah. or in the yeah. private care sector. Yes. So what real changes have taken place and, and these came into effect essentially from, from September entry of, of this academic year. What's changed on the ground? Well with the level two qualification in health and social care as Liz said the assessment has been reduced so whereas before our level two learners were having to complete quite massive assignments, um, there are now, um, I think there are three case studies that they have to do under exam conditions. So it means that our lecturers now can concentrate on the delivery rather than 
huge amounts of marking. Um, it means that the learners have to be a lot more autonomous because they have to be responsible now for, they, for their own assessment because it's done under exam conditions. So whereas before a deliverer could, a lecturer could support the learner through their assignments to a certain extent, now the learner has to take that responsibility for their own lear learning. Mm -hmm. um, the content of the qualification has changed, so it is a lot more relevant to the sector. So a learner is getting a lot more information that they really do need to work in the sector. Um, so it's enabling them to make much better choices about where they want to go with their future career. So this sounds as if it's really helping individuals embark on a new career or professional yes. pathway. What about those learners or those employees already in jobs, in roles? How will these new qualifications work in that environment, do you think? Well, the um, the practice qualifications are contained within apprenticeship frameworks, so um, that is going to work really well for, for health boards as employers, um, so that they can undertake their, their training through a, an apprenticeship programme, um, working either with an FE provider or, or a work-based learning provider. So um, again, there are some challenges around that because some of the, the units within the new qualifications are very specific and therefore delivery and assessment of those will be a challenge going forward because the expertise lies with the employers right. um, and so it's how do we work in partnership with FE to, to deliver those qualifications so that we get what we need but are, are underpinned by that sort of governance and, and, the, the and, and those employees, those staff members or apprentices if you want to call them that, will need some significant time out of the workplace as well, Barbara, is that correct? Yes, this is something that we're looking at very carefully at the moment. And um, what we're finding is that um, the FE part of the college has to work much more closely with our work-based learning department and also mm. with private training providers. In fact, this morning I've been in a meeting with a private training organisation because we really do now start need to start working together much more closely. Um, and we are trying to come up with a model that will suit the workplace because they cannot release their, um, their people that are already working for them for long periods of time. So we need to be able to do the delivery of the core mm. part of the qualification in sort of short bursts that's not going to impact on the workplace. Um, and has that been plain sailing so far? No, it's, right. yeah, no, it's <laughs> been. Um, what we're finding is that, first of all, in the workplace, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the new qualifications. Um, it's, it's taking a long time to filter out to the workplace exactly what's uh, required with these new qualifications. Um, and they, I think there's a lot of fear behind them. Um, so we're doing a lot of work now. We've um, started an employer board with the college where we work with people from the sector um, to try and look at how we're going to manage this. Um, and we're getting there slowly. Uh, we will get there. Uh, we're learning, I think, every week new things um, about little tweaks that we can do to the qualification, things like distance learning. Right. Um, the employer has to take on some sort of responsibility yeah. for it as mm -hmm. well for parts of it that can actually be delivered within the workplace. So. And how practical is, is that for an employer, a large NHS trust or a, or a care home, to really release their staff for that kind of off-the-job yeah. experience that, 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 yeah. that's required? I mean, it is a challenge, absolutely. I, I think it's quite exciting because 
no one group can can do this on their own so we have to work together so it's, it's really opened up those opportunities for collaborative working and about each each party doing what they're good at right. so um but it is still a challenge to release learners from, yeah. from the workplace. So anything that that supports them in that. So um, you know, resources have been developed, work, um, distance learning packages, just just to make it easier. Because uh, as Barbara says, you know, there is a there is a responsibility on the managers to to support them through their education and also to be involved in in their assessment and and, and um, because that was one of the things that was sort of lacking as well in the old qualifications was the input from managers so there's been a number of changes which have brought with them challenges but i think it's an exciting time actually yeah. as well absolutely yeah mm. so one of the things we're doing at the moment is we're having to think very carefully about who our clients are and we're sort of looking at them as, you know, you've got your school leavers who want one type of um, programme. Then you've got the people who are mature learners who are employed but yeah. need to get the qualification. And then you've got mature learners who are not employed who need to get the qualification. Yeah. For some people, a, um, a career in health and social care is an attractive career. It's a demanding career. And it's a career that opens up maybe some pathways to, to higher earnings, to, to different kinds of roles, more challenging experiences, uh, even beyond the challenge of providing care, which in itself is a, is a very important role. And we're currently at level two, that these calls are level two or you know, uh, are live at the moment. Are there any particular concerns, Barbara, about taking the next step towards the level three offer? Uh, and the A-level offer, if you like, that's, that's out there at the moment. Yes, we're at the moment, we're looking at the whole qualification because it's quite clear that we can um, select different parts of it and combine them. So we would have a choice, for example, of offering a Welsh back or an A-level. Right. Um, we could offer the level two core at level three for those who haven't already got it or we might decide not to do that, depending on whether the learners wish to go to HE or whether they wish to go into the workplace. Um, we, we're realising now that if we're having learners at direct entry at level three, we will be requiring them to have five GCSEs, mm -hmm. including maths and English at C and above, in order to cope with the, with the Welsh back requirements. Yeah. Um, we've got some questions over the acceptance of universities of learners from who have that level three qualification into certain um, de uh, medical degrees mm -hmm. we feel that nursing will probably be all right but there might be other types of degree that they won't be accepted on with the straightforward level three health and social care qual we might have to pick and mix a bit maybe add a medical sciences unit of some sort into it mm. and why is this Liz? why it sounds a bit like the whole sort of cinderella party of esteem esteem uh, arguments again yes, you know that yes. maybe universities not not recognizing the importance and the, the strength of a vocational mm. qualification mm. in this area preferring their you know three sciences at a level yes, or maths kind yes. of approach is this still going to be an issue are we going to run run into this time and time again do you think or can we overcome it um i think we'll have to overcome it because um in one well the new qualifications will be the only qualifications for health and social care um, going forward. So, so the universities will need to understand what they look like and what they consist of, and so that work will be starting. I think that um, 
one of the things that we've tried to do, particularly with the practice qualifications, is give them UCAS points as well, so that they've got some sort of parity with with other um, more acad traditionally academic uh, learning. Uh, I think it's it's it, it's difficult because the universities will often work off a, a list of what they know, yeah. um, rather, and so it is about educating them as to what these qualifications really contain, and that you know. The, the things that we've been trying to teach them at level two and level three are around the principles and values and professional practice and the standards and the governance and, and the, the particulars of the profession can be learned as part of their undergraduate study yeah. that, because that's the purpose of that undergraduate study. Um, now, there may be some special examples, as Barbara's uh, mentioned, where we do need to think about particular things that they might need particularly maybe for dietetics mm -hmm. or podiatry or something like that. But I think we need to look at what those specifics are rather than creating something that just is a fix, a catch-all. Yeah, so it's important for, for, for what we're saying that we meet the needs of the profession, understand the aspirations of the learner and deliver it in a way that's realistic and, and actually can be delivered in term time, in work time, uh, and in a way that actually it's sort of also fits around the reality of people's lives. Yes. Uh, as you say, often people studying in this area might be, might be mature students or mature learners, uh, and they have a range of other responsibilities uh, as well. So it sounds quite good, but we're not just stopping at level three, is what you said earlier on. What's the next stage in the, in the journey? So there are, um, they, they used to be the level five management qualifications. So those have been reviewed and redeveloped in line with the, the level two and level three, so similar principles. But there was a new, it was always felt that the jump from level three to level five was, was too great um, and that there needed to be something at level four. So we've um, created some new qualifications at level four, which consist of uh, an introduction to leadership and management, which underpins then the level five, which gives them the, the knowledge, and then the level five is the practical application. Uh, and, then, and why are these higher qualifications required? What, what, what's driving that demand? So um, we within social care, the level five is needed to register as a care home manager. Um, um, but you couldn't become a care home manager if you ha didn't have the qualification and you couldn't get the qualification unless you were a care home manager. Right. <laughs> so the level four gives them the underpinning knowledge yeah. that they can then be appointed into a care home manager position and then work towards their level five. So they've got that underpinning knowledge and then they can demonstrate their practice. Another particular challenge is, Barbara, as a, as a, a leader and manager in FE, in ensuring that you, your workforce uh, is is supported and strengthened to be able to live to live that level four and five uh, teaching and learning in in the college and and how are you going about that in Cardiff and Vale? Yes, that's something we've thought about already. Where we're a bit concerned that our assessors don't have the right qualifications in order to assess the new level four and five. So it's about putting them through that qualification. Um, themselves which is a difficult task mm. because they're not employed obviously in the sector yeah. they're employed as assessors so that's something we've not actually worked out a way around at the moment um, so I don't know whether Liz has got some suggestions about that. Well I think there's, there's I mean the level four they could probably do because it is knowledge only um, but you're right around the level five because they do have to have to be in practice to achieve it which is which is the problem with, with vocational qualifications, you know, to demonstrate competency, you have to be in, in the role. Um, 
but I mean, it might be worth a, a conversation with the consortium to see, you know, what they might advise because they've set the standards for assessors within those qualifications. So, um, so it sounds like it's calling for even more cooperation and, and working together yeah. uh, with a, a discrete FE workforce uh, assessors uh, who are beyond the immediate uh, influence of the college with the employer, both large NHS bodies and smaller yes. uh, private sector providers as well, uh, which is. Essentially, can be bringing people closer together to also improve the outcomes uh, for, 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 for learners. Uh, but those particular challenges aside, Barbara, what would you like to see happen next to actually really deliver uh, on these new calls? Is there anything as a sector we need to be taking responsibility for, do you think? Um, there are a few things I'd like to see happen. I think I think we need to be looking at these qualifications with a, a fresh pair of eyes because they don't fit the traditional FE type of programme that we've been using for many years. So for example, the childcare level two, which we've traditionally uh, delivered in an academic year, where a learner has come in in September and by June, they then have um, what has been called the license to practice as a childcare worker by June. Um, but what we're seeing now is really that qualification should be possibly delivered over a much longer period of time, for example, 18 months, which is how the private training organisations yeah. are seeing it, um, which obviously has implications for funding, for example. Yeah. Um, so that is one thing. Um, I think with a level two qualification, um, we would like to run something similar to the level two childcare where learners are leaving us with that license to practice but the question mark we have there is over the age of mm -hmm. our learners who come in at 16 so by the time they finish that qualification they would still not be at 18 or 19 which is the usual age that they're required to be to complete the work-based assessed part of the qualification in a work setting mm -hmm. so those I think at the moment are two of our biggest um, issues that we, we and, need to look at. And let's think about the Welsh language dimension as well. There's a clear re requirement to be able to deliver care in, in a language appropriate obviously to the, to the client or to the, to the patient or to the young person. Um, what particular challenges does, does that pose to the workforce and therefore to us as a, as a training education sector? Well, one of the conditions around the new contract was that all of the new qualifications would be available bilingually, um, which which happens anyway in Wales. But it was around the sort of delivery and assessment that was um, that was more that is going to be more problematic, uh, particularly around assessment, because we need people who can assess yeah. in Welsh and who can um, internally verify and externally verify. So um, I know that the consortium has put some effort into recruiting people into those roles and supporting the yeah. development of people into those roles. But I guess you only start to know what the real problems with the qualification delivery is when it starts to be delivered. And, yeah. and if we were to have large numbers of learners who wanted to undertake and be assessed in Welsh, then that would cause problems. Uh, so it sounds as not there. It's not we're trying to get this confident, but also more importantly, competent workforce. And competency in this field obviously has a particular definition and, and, and the regulated uh, professions, as, as, as we know they are, but also one which is capable of delivering it bilingually as well in the appropriate uh, setting. But thinking, Liz, about you know, where this is taking us in the, in the future, what does it mean, do you think, 
for the other regular professions like nursing, you know, like speech and language therapists. And indeed, what does it mean for vocational routes into things like uh, uh, physicians' assistants, the other kinds of areas which are currently beyond scope, but might be the kinds of the career opportunities that some of these learners want to pursue sometime in the future? Well, we, um, we do have a, a route for um, nursing programmes where uh, the, there is a vocational route right through to registration from level two right through to, to um, obtaining a you know undergraduate degree. So we do have that for nursing. Uh, it, I think it's more of a challenge to get it for other areas, but we are looking at where we could potentially do that. So we've recently developed the level four apprenticeship framework for therapies, um, so so that that would give access. But the problem is there isn't a high enough demand for part-time degrees for some of our smaller therapy professions. As that, because nursing obviously large numbers, then it's 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 um, economical for universities to put on part-time degrees. But for our smaller professions, that is more of a challenge. Um, and so we we haven't gone the same way as England has gone around degree apprenticeships. So we need to find a way of how do we keep that support worker workforce and develop them on into our registered workforce. And talking about the delivery of these qualifications, any other thoughts or concerns, Barbara, and how they could be improved? Yes, well, there's one thing that we've realised very quickly with uh, particularly the new Level 2 childcare qualification is that whereas in the past in FE we've treated our learners as groups, so they come into us as a group and we give them their assignments as a group at certain times during the year and they do all their assessment at the same time um, together. The new qualifications require us to treat our learners as individuals with their own personal learner journey. So they need to do the assessments as and when each individual is ready to do that. So, so what would be, you be doing different at Cardiff and Vale to have that individualised approach? Well, we've had to build in some extra hours into the programme so that the lecturers, because obviously they cannot be teaching and carrying out a controlled assessment at the same time. So we have to build in the controlled assessments at different times during the year with an extra member of staff to do that. But this is just something that we're just beginning to realise properly now. So this does have quite big implications for an FE delivery. And I guess those implications are financial, time in the timetable, yes. space in the building. Uh, what other kinds of, 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 of considerations do you have to bear in mind in, in taking up this approach? Um, well, besides that, what I've just been talking about with that approach, is that um, the quality audit of these qualifications is hugely different. So with the traditional FE qualification, um, with different awarding bodies, you would just have to provide a small sample of assessed IV'd work once a year, whereas now the whole learner journey again is assessed right from the time the learner is interviewed till the time the learner gets their full qualification and leaves. So we're looking at our um, quality people having to do lesson observations, um, having to do learner interviews, assessing teaching resources, looking at the induction process. So again, you're looking at huge amount of hours for staff in order to uh, do a proper quality audit of these qualifications. So that is another big challenge that we have at the moment. 
Well, listen, I think it's really interesting to see how FE can respond to the requirements uh, of the of the employer. In this case, the, the regulated and important public uh, sector employers around health and social care. Uh, and Barbara, great to hear how Cardiff and Vale uh, is responding uh, to this particular challenge and these new and innovative and quite challenging uh, health and social care and child care qualifications. So thank you for participating in this podcast. And if anybody out there uh, is interested in participating in a podcast, Hannah, yeah. uh, there's again, touch with you is that Definitely, right yeah. uh, if you have any queries or questions around the health and social care quals or indeed anything that's taking place in, in further education workplace learning in Wales then please of course get in contact with Claire Cymru uh, we're here to work with the sector but for the sector and it's great to have you Liz and uh, Barbara to be part of this podcast today so thanks once again thank you, thank very, you. Much. Thank you very much